John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. Hi, Ed. It's me, John Kiltica. Hey, John. It's the High Game Podcast. It is the High Game Podcast. We talk about guitars. Yes. We talk about pedals and amps and stuff. Guitar and guitar-related stuff. Yep. I'm wearing a beautiful West Seattle hat today. What a coincidence. Yeah? Yeah, that's where we are. Oh, in beautiful West Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. I woke up, went for a little walk down to the beach with Pepper and Vicky. Uh-huh. Walked back up, hung out. Yeah. A lot of times I walk in, sit down, boom, we go. Today, it's been like an hour of just John Ed Hangs. Anybody who follows us on Instagram knows that you were in Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, and rather than have the whole complete story of your Vegas trip, and then I'd feel bad if I had to edit it. Yeah. I thought, Ed should come over and we should hang out and he could tell me all about Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I went to see you 2 at the Sphere. Yeah. And we went to the Neon Graveyard. All the buildings that get torn down, there's this little nonprofit organization. Shout out to the Neon Museum. They just get all the signs from those buildings as they tear them down. And there's just this place out in the desert, kind of off the strip. Mob era signs are just in the yard. Like you can just walk through them and it's really cool. And then I was like, oh, we should go do something else, the lovely Vicky and I. Uh huh. And I opened Google Maps, and I had kind of forgotten that the Punk Museum had just opened. Which was more emotionally resonant with me, the Punk Museum or the U2 show? Standing 30 feet from the edge and watching him play. Uh-huh. Great. It's pretty awesome. But the Punk Museum, all of these bands from the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Seeing that stuff right in front of you is pretty awesome maybe better than the u2 show how many days were you there we went friday and came back monday so just kind of over the weekend 
Neon Punk U2 sounds like a really well-spent three days. We packed it in. Well, I'm glad you're back. It was cool. Ah. That's boring. I, I think you're trying to do the chug, right? Yeah. Can't do it. (laughs) 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 Beverages. Beverages ahead. What the fuck was that? What what was going on over there? I, I couldn't figure out what to do. It felt like you were starting with some does it chug, but then I think your 70s stabby thing would not allow you to chug like, <laughs> like you know, Elvis Costello hopped on your other shoulder and just like, don't do it. Don't stop. Stop, John. <laughs> that was cool. Well, this guitar we're going to talk about today kind of shines in that rhythm playing. So I was trying to figure out what would do it justice. I don't think it's a chug guitar. I think it's actually far closer to John's stabby wheelhouse. Beverages. Beverages. Part two. (laughs) I think you should totally leave in a two-parter beverage. The philosophy of the beverages segment. Exactly. (laughs) Peek behind the curtain. Easily nine out of ten beverage songs are on-the-spot improvs from John. Make it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. They can't all be ten out of tens, John. How was the sound of that truck driving into the ditch? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It was great. We walked up to Hotwire Coffee. Hotwire Coffee? Yeah, the sponsor there in beautiful West Seattle on California Avenue. That's right. If you're in West Seattle, you should go over there because they make a hell of a coffee. Uh, You got a soy. I got a soy latte. You got an oat latte? Oat milk latte. Oat milk yeah. latte. We have yet to run into Jeff, the mm-hmm. owner of Hotwire, mm-hmm. and presumably the person responsible for sponsoring us. Right. I'm beginning to think he's invisible. Or he's avoiding us. Here they come. He runs in the back room. Oh, hey, is Jeff here? Haven't seen him. Yeah. You should totally go in and say it's the high gain. They'll give you a discount on your beverage. That's right. Win-win. And my oat milk beverage is delicious. Do you have another beverage? I don't. We're just going to have to go with me here. Mm -hmm. I've got a Sanzo beverage. This is a pomelo sparkling water. Oh, that's lovely. This particular flavor is grapefruit. Sure. It's good. Yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. What do we got here, Ed? It's got mini humbuckers. I'm a fan of those. This is a 150th anniversary Mm. Epiphone Wilshire. 150th anniversary of the company Epiphone. Yes. They've been around that long? How about a little micro recap? Oh, I love it. 1873. Mm-hmm. That's 150 years ago to you and me. Yeah. Epiphone was founded by Anastasios Stathopoulos. 
Yes. You remember him. Oh, yeah. Still kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. 1915. Okay. Upon his death, his son, Epaminondas Stathopoulos, takes over. He was only 22. 1915. You're heading into the great one, WW1. Yeah. This company, it's founded in the U.S.? It's founded in the Ottoman Empire, in a part which is modern-day Turkey. Oh, I don't remember this. Apparently, I needed this history refresher. And I think we have firmly established our hold on geography. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, very tenuous. The Ottoman Empire? Yes. If you asked Epi in the day, what country is he from? Would he have said the Ottoman Empire? He would have said New Smyrna, which was the city or town or region. Uh Uh-huh. Dude with history degree, Ed Peterson, should know the answer to this. Dude with art degree doesn't need to know the Ottoman Empire ins and outs. No. Ottoman Empire, historically known as the Turkish Empire, was an empire. I get that it's a big area, but were there countries within there? Oh, man. You know, whatever. Luckily for us. Yeah. By the time Epaminondas takes over, the whole business is in the U.S. It's in New York. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Epaminondas, nickname Epi. Fiddles and lutes. Fiddles and lutes. Yeah, that's what Epi was doing. Then shortly got into guitars and was going great gun. Whoops. Oh, no. 1945. Ottoman Empire going to shit around him. Going to World War I. Going to the Great Depression. Going to World War II. In the span of a lifetime, that's a lot of turmoil. Well, that turmoil was not without its costs to businesses greater than Epi and his father. The company couldn't hold its shit together. Oh, no. Yeah. Gibson bought them in 1957. Okay. That's your micro Epiphone lesson. Okay. I think we did great with that whole Ottoman Empire bit. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So once Gibson buys Epiphone... Mm. They start making new models. Okay. We know about all the old Epiphone jazz boxes. They were really good at that. Let's make some thin lines. Mm -hmm. Sheridan Casino. Yeah. So in 59, the Wilshire Mm -hmm. is released. At first, it was symmetrical. I should tell you the horns on this are asymmetrical. Yep, yep, yep. The headstock on this is the bat wing, Mm -hmm. six on a side. It started out three on a side. Okay. And it started out with the P90s. Yep. And it did pretty well. I really like the Epiphone Coronet. The Coronet's the same time period, right? It is, yeah. The differences between the Coronet and the Wilshire were kind of minimal. Coronet's got one pickup. Wilshire's got two. Yeah. So this thing's got two mini humbuckers, Mm -hmm. pickup selector switch, two volume, two tone knobs. Interestingly, the volume and tone for the neck pickup Mm -hmm. and the volume and tone for the bridge pickup are separated by the input jack. Is it volume, tone, volume, tone? Volume, tone, volume, tone. Okay. This thing could really benefit from a recessed input jack. Yeah, maybe. Or somebody smarter than me using a right angle guitar cable to plug into it, (laughs) Ah. which I am currently not. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll show you just what this sounds like. Okay. Let's go as trebly as we can. That is to say the bridge pickup. 
that is some hot shit right there. Yeah. Those are some hot, bitey pickups. I like it a lot. Do it again. Man. Straight in. No effects. No effects. Necky. Had a little phase on there. Yeah. And then back to the middle. What color is this thing? This is known as Pacific Blue. I like it. When they released the Wilshire, mm-hmm. here's what they said about it. Oh. 1959 style. <clears throat> A truly sensational solid body guitar with features that win it top rating from professionals who appreciate its tonal range, instant response, and easy action for professional performance. But don't take it from me, Ed. Yeah. When he got out of the army, there was a guitar player that had been playing a silver tone, Dan Electro kind of thing. He sold it and he bought a Wilshire mm. and he played it with people like Little Richard, Don Covey, Elvis Presley, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He had a Wilshire. Huh. You know, when you were reading that quote, uh-huh. I'm like, that's just marketing talk. Yeah. That could be attributed to anyone or no one. Like, modern players say it's awesome. Yeah. I do wonder, did they actually put that in the hands of one Jimi Hendrix in 59 before he was the Jimi Hendrix? They did not. Oh. (laughs) He got out of the army and sold his Silvertone, and this was the next step up for him. At the time, Yeah. I think it cost him $45. He must have bought a used one. Okay. Yeah. Man, you're giving me some hints on the pricing. Am I? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that just screws me. I cannot say. Yeah, no. Well, I can. Right. But I won't. Right. In $1959. Oh, are we going there already? Well, I mean, as long as we're there. Okay. You want to buy a Wilshire? You're Jimi Hendrix. You want to buy a Wilshire? $45, no more, no less. You want to buy a new one, not a used one. Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) $123. In $1959. Yep. It was $210. How did Hendrix get this thing for 45 bucks? I got to think. Yeah. They gave him X amount for the silver tone. Okay. And then the balance would have been 45 Oh, you're going to be famous one day. Here, take it. You want a sandwich? Yeah, yeah. That $45 number screwed me, John. Well, you know. Okay. That's $2,100 today. Perfect pricing, I would argue. Yeah. That hits our $2,000 guitar inflation index. You know, we don't talk about this a whole lot. We talk about how $2,000 at any given time in the past was kind of a good baseline for what a guitar would cost. Yeah. We don't talk a lot about what guitars cost today. And this thing is like 900 bucks. Yes. I feel like that 2000 number has lowered. I think it maybe has with the advent of global manufacturing. Yep, exactly. This reissue, this 150th anniversary, is made in China. Okay. All the hardware yeah. is made in the U.S. So these are actually Gibson 
mini humbuckers, the same ones you're going to find in a Firebird. Pretty hot shit. Yeah, it makes sense that you noticed it. Okay. All the hardware is made here. Huh. That feels like a weird choice to me. I guess because I feel like you can probably get some lower end Epiphone stuff for like $400, $500. So they put better hardware on this and it's like nine. Yeah. But I mean, those pickups are pretty good. It's a set neck. Painted neck, matching headstock, all mahogany. Yeah. So for $900. Yeah, that's nice. I went on the uh, reverb. Yes. What can you get for $900? You know, there's some PRS stuff. There's Jackson. I was trying to stick to that 800 to 900 range. Yeah. I do think this is probably the coolest guitar. Maybe I'm not Jackson's target demographic. It's a very cool retro guitar. It's got those radio knobs, hardtail. That's cool. By 1963, mm -hmm. they moved those horns from symmetrical to what we see here, the asymmetrical. Oh, okay. They had switched to the bat wing yeah. and rounded those edges. That's when they went from P90 to mini humbuckers. Okay. Closer to what we see now. And in 65, they introduced three custom colors. California coral, mm. sunset yellow, and... Pacific blue, which is what this is. California coral, is that like a pink? Yeah, that sounds like it would be. California coral. What would you guess that color is? Pink. Pink, right? I guess. It's almost like a yellow, yellowy orange. Yeah. They've reissued a bunch of these things. The Crestwood has the trem arm. Yeah, that is the Crestwood Custom. Okay. The other two that they did as part of the anniversary are the Zephyr Deluxe Regent, jazz box okay. style, and the Sheraton, which we know to be the thin line. Yeah, those are cool. Pricing stuff is just so weird to me. What are you seeing? Well, you can get like a Epiphone Wilshire with P90s. Like the original one would have had. Yeah. And that one you can get for $4.99. So are you paying $400 for the USA hardware and maybe the special colors, I guess? It sure seems like it, doesn't it? Right. You know, I'm looking around, John. What are you looking around at, Ed? Your vibe. Vibe check. <laughs> yeah, I'm vibe checking John's guitar yeah, sitch. Yeah. And this guitar that you are holding right now is very in John's wheelhouse. You know, you don't have an SG. You have a Guild S100. Yes. You don't have a Strat. You've got a Fender Lead 2. Right? You don't have a ES-175. You've got some fucked up ES-195. Yes. Your vibe is you take the center, you hop just slightly left. Yep. And there's John living over there on the edge, on the fringe. I've been over there a long time. Yeah. It's okay. I love it. Oh, you do have a Fender Stratocaster, but it's fucking mocha brown with a hard tail. Right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what the people love about you. Yeah. You're a weirdy boy. 
1969. Oh, yeah. They discontinued the Wilshire. I'm going to say, like, they made 22,000 guitars total. 22,000? Yep. 2,600. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Over 10 years? Yeah. 260 a year. Yeah. That's just crazy. They would reissue the Wilshire in 1982. Okay. For three years. (laughs) (laughs) They did the Wilshire 2 and the Wilshire 3. The two had too many humbuckers. The three had three. Do not like the three. In 2011, they released a Frank Iero signature Wilshire, the Phantomatic. He's a hell of a player. Okay. And then that was it. Nothing until this very year, the 150th anniversary. Do you know anything about the 2009 62 reissue? Yeah. It was called the Limited Edition Pro. Mm-hmm. Worn, I guess that was a finish. And then there's also the 62 USA version of it. There's one of those on reverb right now. Very cool looking. With the two P90s and the symmetrical, 3800 bucks. Whoa. Well, it was only one year. One year, and it says 180 were made. 3800 bucks. Oof. I know what you mean. Oof. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Hey, Ed. Yeah. Epiphone was founded in the Ottoman Empire. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in modern day Turkey. Modern day Turkey. Yeah. These days, though, they're owned by Gibson, Mm -hmm. who have just released this 150th anniversary Epiphone Wilshire guitar in Pacific Blue. Yep. Buy or deny? Deny. Deny. I think it's rad. I think it's really cool. I like the color. I like the vintage knobs. I like the pickups a lot. I like the Batwing headstock. Like a lot about it. I've got a Firebird that's got mini humbuckers. You've got mini humbuckers. I've got mini humbuckers covered. This thing would duplicate something I already own. And if I didn't own the Firebird, I'd buy the Firebird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I were John Kiltecka, I'd totally buy the Wilshire because he's got a collection of weirdy ass guitars. I think this is a buy for me. Yeah. This is a hell of a bargain and it sounds great. Yeah. I'm not so sold on the Pacific Blue color. Oh, really? I like it. I love it. I don't know. I would like to see it in maybe some other color. I dig this blue because it's not really blue. It's silvery. Metallic, blue, whatever. Yeah. It's nice. What if that were black? Then there's no caveats. Yeah. Auto buy? Auto buy. But man, Mm -hmm. for $8.99. Yeah. This is one of the better $8.99 guitars you're going to get. What would I rather have? A PRS, SE, no, no thank you. Yeah. Any number of Jacksons, eh, no thanks. Yeah. This is just the cool, slightly off-center, left-field, weirdy guitar. That comes with pickups that will rip your head off. Yeah, exactly. You know, viewers, if you know anything about the PRS SE series, let us know if you'd like to hear about it. Yeah. And uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. man. Don't, see, I know you're this right. This is the criticism we come in. Exactly. For. This is why people are like these two fucking guys. And then people lump me in with Ed. Yep. You guys are snobs. Right. They can't see that I didn't make that sound. No. All they can see is that I sucker. laughed when you did right. it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is with PRS. I should get over that. But the weird thing is, oh, these guys are snobs. PRS is a snob guitar. Is it? Oh, yeah. I just don't have my oh, finger on just... the pulse of PRS like you do. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Let's take lots of pictures of this. I'll try to capture that silver metallic blue finish. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And we'll put them up. All the usual spots. And you guys should look at them mm -hmm. and check out our website or go look on our Patreon. Thehighgain.com? Yes. Okay. And patreon.com slash thehighgain. That sounds good. And we are dedicated participants in the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts. Dedicated. That sounds right. Yeah. You know our good friend Zach Blair? Yes. From the Ruinous Media Network. Yeah. Of music-related podcasts. And the lovely band Rise Against. Rise Against. Yes. If you go look at the Punk Rock Museum Las Vegas Instagram, oh. Zach Blair did tours in the museum. It's cool. How about that? It all comes together. Apparently, we're everywhere. Yeah. Let's remember those hot tips and come back maybe next week and do it again. Oh, that sounds awesome. All right, let's do it. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>